0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Let's Talk Hoops podcast. This is a host and co-host. My name is Devin. This is Nathan.
1: What's happening, y'all? How are y'all doing?
0: Today, um, we're going to be talking about just, you know, power rankings for one. Um, The Bradley Beal situation, whether he should or shouldn't be on that team. If he has the right to the band trade. Um, What are the Pelicans doing? Um and who should be the MVP right now, in our
1: opinions? Um, so let's start out talking about the Pelicans because I feel like they were the one of the most intriguing teams coming into this year, just because mm-hmm. like they made a lot of trades in the off season. They got Steven Adams, they got Eric Bledsoe, which I thought was interesting. And so uh, here recently, Lonzo Ball and JJ Redick have came up in trade rumors, and I don't know. I don't know about Lonzo anymore. I really don't. I I don't. I don't know if he's gonna become much more of, like, I just think he is what it is. What he is what it is at this point. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what team would be a good fit for him. They're saying the Warriors, and I guess that wouldn't be bad, but I don't know. What do you think? So,
0: obviously, anybody that knows basketball knows that the Pacer, the Pacers. The Pelicans trading for Stephen Adams was a very weird deal, you know. And then it was even weirder they gave him a two-year extension because I just don't see why you think pairing Zion and uh, Stephen Adams in the same front court is a good idea. I just – um there's, like, no spacing. They're both just standing in the paint. Zion's low block while Stephen Adams is standing at the throw line, like – what is your guard supposed to do with that? Like working well with that? Like it's just pass to the post ISO. I don't know. Um, Stan Van Gundy was not my choice of a coach to come to this team. And I'm speaking from like a low key Pelicans fan. They're like my side team, I'd say. And um, I was really hoping for Jason Kidd to help develop Lonzo's game. Um. Also help develop uh, Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram is a lot better of a passer than most people give him credit for, and uh, yeah, on your note about Lonzo, I don't think he's a, hes playing bad. Let's not get that wrong. He's not shooting good at all, but at the same time, Lonzo isn't a scorer, and that's what they're trying to use him as. Like he's shooting more shots a game than he should. He should be the one bringing the ball up and down the court more than Eric Bledsoe. And um, Eric Bledsoe shouldn't be the shooter either. That's why one of the two should shouldn't be starting. J.J. Reddick should be starting, even though he isn't shooting the ball well. He shoots better than both of them. Um, I would love to see Lonzo get moved to, like, a team. Um, Golden State's interesting, running those uh, Curry-Lonzo starters. In my opinion, I think they'd be nice for now. But I think we all know he'd get traded by the end of the offseason when Clay comes back or something. Um, I would love to see him go to, like, a team like New York or Orlando that, like, are kind of weak in the point guard position just to see what he could really do if he had a team where he could run the offense mainly.
1: Yeah, I saw something, like, a week ago talking about Zion where – So he made, like, those four threes in his debut, right? And then since then, he had made, like, seven field goals outside the paint since that game or something like that. And I was like, that's Mm -hmm. insane. I didn't realize that he doesn't shoot, like, at all anymore. And if he does, he's not making it. And so uh, him and Steven Adams, it just clogs up the paint. And then Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball, that court's just really questionable to me. Um, Stan Van Gundy doesn't really seem to know what he's doing. If we're just being quite honest, I, I didn't think it was a bad hire, but I, I kind of thought it was out of left field. I don't really think his coaching philosophies blend into today's game. And I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with the Pelicans. I look at Lonzo and I think New York would be good for him. Another team that I think could use him would be like Chicago just to kind of give him the reins of offense and say, you know, what can you do for us? Um, and as far as the Steven Adams thing goes, I don't know. I don't think you can trade Steven Adams cause I don't know who's going to want him, but, and I think that if he went to golden state, that would be cool for like a one year rental, like this year it would be a good fit because Curry's really good at moving without the ball and obviously the best shooter of all time. And so that would, and Draymond could mentor him from a playmaking standpoint as well. Um Lonzo's a pretty good defender, especially for the point guard position. Just I think he needs a fresh start and I think this whole team kinda needs to be gutted. Obviously don't trade Zion or Brandon Ingram, but I don't know if Bledsoe's really the guy either. Um he's not bad. You see, but if I were if I were the Pelicans, I think I'd trade
0: Bledsoe and keep Lonzo. I'd trade Bledsoe for like um Maybe there's um, a couple rumors that um, that uh, Buddy Heald really is wanting out of Sacramento right now. Like, he's out here liking posts on Instagram and stuff, like, just talking about how much he doesn't – he, he like, likes pictures of him and other team jerseys. Like, a fan will be like, um, man, I'd love for Buddy Heald to be a part of the Sixers or something like that. And, like, he'll like those posts and um, – Buddy Heald, I already know he was he he was drafted by the Pelicans and already traded, but I I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Buddy Healed be traded for Eric Bledsoe. Uh, Money wise, it matches. Um, I don't I don't think it probably would happen, but I'm just saying, for fit wise, because the Sacramento Kings aren't very competitive anyways, and um, yeah, I do, the Pelicans are a team that like. Obviously, when you look at their roster, they're a lot better than the, what they should be, and um, they're just they just don't know how to put it together as a team. And I think they not say blow it up, as in like try and rebuild because you have Zion and you have Brandon Ingram, two I think pretty obvious All Stars at this point of the season, and like that are good enough to carry you on themselves but you just need to put a team around them more than worry about anything else.
1: Yeah. And you look at new Orleans and kind of like Sacramento too, where like they're both really young, but both teams are kind of just treading water. Um, I, I've i been very disappointed in Sacramento since they finished ninth in 2019. And I, I really thought that they were going to ascend, but I, I think for both teams, uh, Eric Bledsoe for, Buddy Heald would be a good swap, but I don't know. We'll see what they do. I don't think you can really get much for Bledsoe. I don't know. You're not going to get much for Redick, and I don't even know what Lonzo's trade value is at this point. And so that's just something we're going to have to see because the trade deadline, I believe, is March 25th. So that's like a little less than two months away. Mm-hmm. Um an interesting fit that I thought for Eric Bledsoe might be the Clippers. Yeah,
0: because his match his contract matches with a like Luke Kennard, and you can easily do that trade. I think for both teams, for the Clippers, they need a better point guard. Eric Bledsoe is not the All Star point guard he once uh, played like because I don't think he's ever made an All Star game. I could be wrong, but um, he's not. He's not that player anymore. Um He's still good. He's still putting up decent numbers this year um, on the Pelicans. Like, he's, he's, he's the better of the two within him and Lonzo right now and how they're playing. But um, a team like the Clippers who need a point guard because Patrick Beverly's cool and all, but him coming off the bench would be a lot better. Um, and Eric Bledsoe coming in starting with that, um, that gritty defense he has with Kawhi and Paul George I think is a great fit. All you got to do is throw in, like, Luke Kennard, Maybe if they have like a second round pick or something, I think that's an easy deal done for both teams. Because I just don't like Luke Canard's not playing very well. No, he's for not. Um, for the Clippers, which is a little disappointing. But yeah, man, I just I think that would be a really interesting trade because um, I don't know if you've seen it, but like right before we started recording this, it uh, I got a. Tweet that said the uh, the Pelicans are shopping Eric Bledsoe as well.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Um I've been disappointed in Luke Kennard as well, but New Orleans just needs shooting. And that's all I mean, that's all they need at this point. They just need shooting. And I think I didn't think obviously you don't trade Ingram or Zion, but I think you've got to gut that core around that team. Around those two. Yeah. Um and so I think that you know, you can get something back for all those guys. And so I don't know why you would trade J.J. Reddick if you're trying to compete. But if you're trying to go for a youth movement, then maybe. I've seen Lonzo for Kelly Oubre. I think that would be really interesting. But like you said, I don't see Lonzo on the Warriors long term when Klay gets back, unless he would be cool with coming off the bench. So that's just kind of something they got to figure out. Uh, I'm not sure if you give up on Lonzo yet, if you can get shooting for Eric Bledsoe. Is if you compare Lonzo with a guy in the backcourt who can shoot, I think that that'll play to his skill set way better. So, um, and then the next guy we're going to talk about is another trade rumor. Obviously, uh, we're talking about Bradley Beal, he's averaging like 34 and a half a game, and the Wizards are the worst team in the NBA. And it's beginning to become pretty obvious how frustrated he is, understandably so. And I was high on the Wizards coming into the year, as most people were. I thought they would be like a six or seven seed. And so the question that everybody's talking about is, should Bradley to demand a trade? I would say yes. I, I don't really see why he would want to stay on Washington any longer. Um, but I don't – their defense is just so bad. I mean, they're so bad. They're allowing 120 points a game, and they're 3-10 and right now, which is the last in the East. So what do you think about that? If I'm the Washington
0: Wizards while Bradley Beal is playing out of his mind, I absolutely try and get a trade for him because it is pretty obvious. Even though you've missed a lot of games due to COVID this year, um, you are still 3-9 and nine or 3-10 and 10 now, and you are not compet- competing right now. And it is very frustrating, and you don't want to make more players frustrated. And so I think maybe just a fresh uh, rebuild – around Westbrook maybe, flip him in the offseason. Um, and one of these games where Bradley Beal didn't play, Westbrook didn't play, Denny Advija, he actually had a really solid game. So you guys have potential in that. Um, my number one, since like the beginning of the offseason, I've been saying the Denver Nuggets should definitely take a push for him. Even though I think he's playing a little too – two more valuable than what the package they could get, depending on what Denver would get up. If I was the Denver Nuggets, um, I don't think the roster you have right now is beating the Lakers or the Clippers. Adding a guy like Bradley Beal alongside Jamal Murray and um, Nikola Jokic would be amazing. And um, the trade offer that I think would be a pretty good offer is Bradley Beal for Gary Harris, Michael Porter, and um, another young guy like Bulbul or something? Um, that just the 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 Wizards struggle in their big man rotations because of uh, Thomas Bryant going down with the ACL injury. Uh, Mo Wagner, that's just shouldn't it be any team's um, starting center if you know it's just he he doesn't have very good defense he can hit a three here and there but i if you if i'm the wizards i'm i'm considering that trade because you're getting back a young very very um high potential player in a michael porter jr uh you get back gary harris who's obviously nowhere near the scoring of riley beal but he has pretty good defense and if uh you pair him alongside a player like Russell Westbrook that can turn nothing into something, as we've seen in his past, if you can get back to those days uh, when healthy. I think it's a very interesting step to take as the Wizards. I would I would do that trade if I was both teams.
1: Yeah, and they're just – I mean, the Wizards just don't have it right now. Um, so you look at their defensive rating. So they are 29th in opponent's field goal percentage allowed – They're 25th in opponent three-point percentage allowed, and they are 29th in points allowed, and they're also bottom five in overall defensive rating. And so you just look at all that, and I just – I think that you need – Westbrook needs to be a guy that's just by himself, like you said, and I think that's when he's at his best. He's – I saw something, and he's like – he's shooting like 30-something percent from the field – um and he's just not playing well right now and i think bradley beal's trade value is as high as it's ever going to be and i think you can get some pieces i've been on the denver bradley beal train for a while i just think that that would be i don't think that they're a true championship contender um i just don't i honestly would pick i would take utah over denver right now at this point in the season and i think that that would be a great move for both teams like you said some other teams that I could see Bradley Beal really fitting well at is I don't know what they would have to give up, but I, I think that him on the Bucks would help take them to the next level. Um, I think him on the Clippers would be interesting, but I don't know what they would give up for that. I don't think the Clippers have the assets to make that happen, but I really like the idea of him on the Bucks. That's just me. Um, but I absolutely think he should demand a trade. There's no – there's no way of getting around it. I think his time's done in Washington. I just don't I don't see a point and I feel bad for him because he's averaging thirty-four and a half.
0: Yeah. Um I I agree on the um what was the first team you said? The Bucks. Um the Bucks, that would be a great fit, obviously. But I don't see how you do that trade without giving up Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton. Yeah. Um, if I'm the Bucks, do I give up? Do I give up Drew Holiday? Of course, I which I don't think. Uh, but but I don't think the Wizards will take Drew Holiday back for no, Bradley Beal. I don't either. Um, if I'm the Bucks, do I give up Chris Middleton for Bradley Beal? I don't know because um, he's a very he seems pretty loyal to the soil. You know, um, he they're not bad as a team. They've played pretty good in their last ten. Um, seven and three starting to pick things back up to look like more Milwaukee off their shaky start that they had. Um, I know him and Giannis are pretty good friends on and off the court. And I don't know if if I'm Milwaukee, I don't know if I do that deal because you got to realize Bradley Beal is going to be a free agent like in a year or two anyways. Yeah, And um, imagine if you're Milwaukee and you lose Drew Holiday and Bradley Beal in the same offseason.
1: I believe he's a free agent after the 21, 22 season. Bradley Beal. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't take that chance. I wouldn't either. And Middleton brings so much to that team on both sides of the court that I just think it's like, obviously he's a really good player and he'd be a really good player anywhere. But I think that he is such a good fit in Milwaukee. I, I just, I, I think they need a third guy or, Maybe have get a second guy to make Middleton the third option. They just don't really have the assets to get that. Um, yeah, and maybe try to do something with Drew Holiday for Bradley Beal, a deal centered around that. But like you said, I don't know why the Wizards would take that. I don't. That doesn't really do anything for them. Um, yeah. so I Drew Holl- Drew Holiday and Russell Westbrook in the same backcourt just sounds off. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um. So, uh, who sh- who do you think should be the MVP favorite right now at this point in the season? Because it's already the conversation's already really starting to get going. Um,
0: if the season ended right now, I think I'd take Embiid.
1: We agree on that. I, he's been so dominant on both ends of the court, and you can already kind of see the impact that. Doc Rivers is having on him, and I, I'm really excited for this game tonight because um, LeBron is – as of last night, LeBron was now the favorite. Last night or two nights ago, whenever he had 46 against the Cavs, um, I think Kevin Durant's in that conversation. Just, yeah, I mean, he's looked so good, but I would give it to Embiid right now. I think he's been way too good on both sides of the floor. I mean, this year he's averaging – 48, 11 and a half. He's shooting 55% from the field, 40, 40 and a half percent from three. And he's got a PER of 31.2. And like LeBron, LeBron kind of like last year, like it's beyond the stats a little bit. Cause you look at the stats and like, obviously they're remarkable, but it's like normal LeBron. He's averaging like 25, eight, seven and a half. Um, his shooting splits are really good. He's shooting 41.2% from three this year while taking the most he's ever taken per game, but I just look at Embiid and the jump that he's made from like I I don't want to say he wasn't a superstar, but like you know what I mean. He's play, he went from like playing like a perennial all-star to an MVP this year, and I think as of right now I would give it to Embiid.
0: Uh um, my number 2 man is a uh, another center, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. He the- is he is um Averaging about 25, 10, and 10 as a center, which is insane to me. Um, well, he's down to nine now on assists. Um, but he is very, very interesting of a player because just a center averaging a triple double to me is just mind blowing. It's unheard of. It's. Mean- if- If he finished the season averaging a triple-double, I think if they're top three in the West, he is the undoubtable MVP in my opinion. Yeah. Because, like, how how do you have a man that is seven foot um, shooting um, 56% from the field, 34% from three, which is a little below average, and 84% from the free throw line, averaging 12 and nine as well. He's averaging two steals a game, a half a block. His efficiency is thirty six point four. I just like you talk about Jokic having a thirty two point six. Jokic has a thirty six point four. It's just, I, I I um I've watched a lot of Denver Nuggets games this year, and he's just been amazing to watch, especially in the clutch. Which it seems every Denver game this year has been in the clutch.
1: Yeah, and. The, what They always play through him. I mean, he touches the ball at just about every time they have the ball. And one thing that's really notable for Jokic is, I mean, his scoring has really gone up. And that's something that I've kind of wanted to see from him is, like, he'll have games where he takes over and like he did in the playoffs and stuff. But I think that, that he should be more aggressive on the offensive end consistently, and he has been this year. He's averaged around 20 so his first all-star season was 2018-19 and he's averaged about 20 both of those years. And now he's at 25 and a half. And I think that that has been a remarkable step. And I honestly think if he averages a triple double and they're top four or five in the West, I mean, it, it would be hard not to give him the MVP. Um, but I would get, I would give it to Embiid right now. I would probably have Jokic at two. And then, I mean, I understand the argument for LeBron, but I don't think you can give it to LeBron over the other two guys right now. Those two centers, and I mean KD's been remarkable too. And I think Brooklyn will start to pick it up because they're they they've lost a lot, but they've had people out due to protocols and Kyrie that whole fiasco and all that. But I mean KD's averaging thirty a game. He's averaging yeah. My, my uh, number
0: two man is well, number number two. My number three man is uh, KD for MVP
1: me too and then I got LeBron at four and, yeah and, for sure and then at five I would probably still put Luca even though Dallas is struggling if they if they're able to pick up the wins then I think he could be in the conversation but he, the workload what they're asking Luca to do is unbelievable It's unbelievable how much I mean how much he has to carry the load and that's not sustainable at all. Like for trying to win a championship, and I—I I, I don't know. I—I I, I was high on the Mavericks coming into the year. I really was, but yeah. Um, my number five man is Stephen Curry. Yeah.
0: This man, um, twenty twenty-eight, uh, almost six and six, five point five and six. Um, this man is just carrying a team that's just. It's, it's okay on Rosh, on paper, but when you watch the games, Kelly Oubre just not playing to where he should be playing. Um, uh, it, it, it's just – Steph Curry is carrying that team right now yeah. into a, a possible playoff spot. And I just think I, – I love watching Stephen Curry play because of how dominant he is just out there. Um, running around, just getting his open looks any way he goes. Also, um, a side note on the Warriors, um, Draymond Green is still valuable, by the way, to anybody who wonders. Um, He does not put up good numbers, obviously. But if you take the first couple games from the Warriors where they started off like two and five, and Draymond comes back and they go on like a four-game win streak because Curry actually has someone to dish him the ball, set screens, and play good defense, man is a very valuable player.
1: Yeah, and well, what Draymond does is that allows Steph to run around screens off ball more. And so I think that people are underestimating how valuable Draymond was to that team because the first two games of the season they played at Brooklyn on opening night and then at Milwaukee on Christmas, they looked absolutely horrible. Yes, they did. Horrible. And Draymond does a lot for Steph, and his impact's always gone below the, beyond the stat sheet. But it especially does now because his stats, even his stats for his standards, have declined. But I love watching the Warriors play, and I think that they could, depending on who they match up with in the first round, I think that they could really they could win a first round series. I really do. Um, and then I I think that the reason I have Luca at five is just kind of off a potential thing. Like I think that you know he's been really good, but I think that. If the Mavs start to pick up any traction at all and they start winning games, I think that Luka could go up the boards because this year, I mean, he's averaging 27, 10, and 10, basically. 9.8 rebounds, 9.9 assists, but he hasn't been super efficient. But that's kind of more off potential. But Steph, yeah, Steph's been awesome. And I'm excited to see what the Warriors do. Uh, but KD, I, people are talking about LeBron – being the favorite for MVP. And like Stephen A. said this morning, he would pick LeBron. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd pick KD or, or I'd take LeBron over KD at this point. KD's shooting 45% from three this year. KD is one of
0: those players that it doesn't matter where what, he's, what team he's on, what players are surrounded around him. He's a winning basketball player, um, no matter what. And uh, just like LeBron, if we're talking about winning players, we're talking about LeBron as well. But um, KD, just like his impact more than just scoring. Like um, you watch the Nets games. KD will be down there playing the five oh, yeah. half the times. Like he, he does whatever it takes to win. Do you think Kevin Durant wants to play No. But if it takes – if that takes that to win for them, then I guess he's going to do what he has to do. Um. My notes on uh, Luca. He obviously yes, he's he's been amazing this year, um, stat wise. Shooting, he's not shooting the ball very well. No. Um, I don't know if I would say he's more of like a younger Russell Westbrook kind of in my eye. Um, like he's just. It's not like he's playing just for the stats. Like he, you could tell he's an emotional player and he wants to win, just like Westbrook. But, um, I don't know, he, like, when you watch him play, like, he just takes, like, these really weird shots as well. Like, his assists are, um, m- most of highlight play, like, he'll get, he'll, he'll, like, hit somebody with a move, he'll get someone open, boom, easy assist. But, like, um, I don't know how much of a winning player Luca will be, um, and it's just because like he doesn't have like the best defense. No, um, he doesn't do those winning plays. If you know what I mean, like um, I don't know. Like Zach Levine, for example, like he's stepping up. It's like those um, to like being like a full out leader for the Chicago Bulls recently because like he's doing the winning plays. Like the other night, um, Zach Levine stepped out of his comfort zone. Like um what was it, the Trailblazers game or something where he had 10 points, but he also had like 10 assists because he wasn't shooting well, but he found something else to do to like dominate the game. Yeah. It's just I don't, I don't think Luca has that in him yet, which is not bad. He, everybody has to realize this man is 21 years old. He is going to be an MVP in our league. He will most likely go to a finals appearance just based off of him alone because of how dominant of a player he is at what age he is now. Who can imagine what he is in the future?
1: I I think Luca makes winning plays, but I think that I don't know. It, it's interesting because, like, you look at it in the bubble game. Game one against the Clippers, Porzingis, they were winning the entire game till Porzingis got ejected for that terrible technical, and then it kind of went downhill. And then Luca single handedly carried him while Porzingis was still out in Game Four. And yes. so I think Luca has what it takes. But I also think I see a little bit of like recklessness in here in him in his play, like you said. And yeah. I I think that he takes it upon himself sometimes to too much to the point where it's a burden on him and his team. Like he's trying to do too much. And yes. Like, that's
0: what that's that's a that's a lot better than what I was trying to say.
1: Well, and like that's a criticism of Russell Westbrook, right? It's like people people have said he wants to win so bad that it's too much and so I don't I I see that similarity but I don't see the similarity in that I think Luca I think Luca like just from a pure ball handling and shooting standpoint he's obviously better than Westbrook but I see that similarity in both of them but the difference is Russell Westbrook's in his 30s now and has proven that he can't be a number two option where Luca is only 21 like you said and I think that that's why I said he
0: can, reminds me of a younger Russell Westbrook.
1: And we were talking about this Bradley Beal earlier. I would love Bradley Beal on the Mavericks, but, like, I don't know. The Mavericks just don't have the assets to get that done without giving up Porzingis. Mm-hmm. But just from a fit-wise, I think that would be awesome just to have another score yeah. because I like their glue guys. I like the Dorian Finney-Smith. I like, you know, guys like that. Um I like Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway's kind of found his home in Dallas, in my opinion. I like Maxie Cleaver. You know, he can block, he can block shots. He can protect. I just don't think they have enough right now. But I don't know. Because it, it's so weird. Because it's like they have basically the same team. And I really thought that they were. I really believe that if Porzingis didn't get hurt in the bubble, they could have taken the Clippers to seven and potentially won that series. But that, it's an interesting yeah. case with Dallas. And then I think Golden State's con- going to continue to ascend. Um, Jokic, Jokic is interesting, like we talked about. So, But right now I'm giving it to Embiid, and you said you are too. So for our last segment, we're going to do the top five teams in each conference at this point and what this is, is just like a power rankings. So we kind of took record into account, but not really. We're looking at how teams have been playing recently. And like, for example, the nets are like sixth in the East and they're nine and six, but like, obviously they're better than that. And so, um, do you want to start with East or West? East. Okay. All so right, we can go I'll just do my East. number five. Then you'll do your number five. We'll kind of talk about it. And then that's kind of how we're going to do this. So, I did an honorable mention, just kind of like right outside the top five. And uh, I think the Raptor, the Raptors, were my honorable mm-hmm. mention for the East, just because of how they're playing right now. Um, they're finally starting to pick it up a little bit. Um, they did lose a lot, and I thought that they would fall, but they struggled surprisingly to me to start the season because they Abaka lo- and Gasol were a big part of who they were, but they're finally starting to get it together. And so that's my honorable mention. At my number five spot in the East, I got the Pacers. I really love what they've been doing. I actually didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. And just like every single year, they continually prove people like me wrong. Um, they're gritty. They play good defense. I really hope Karis LeVert can play for them soon. And hopefully, you know, he's all good. I saw he had successful surgery. So that that's good. But I really like what the Pacers are doing. Sabonis and Turner finally seem to be fitting really well together. And that, that's got to be exciting for Pacers fans. So that's my number five. And they'll be a threat in the playoffs like they always are.
0: Um, my number five as of right now is uh, probably for power rankings. If we're basing it off of, like, here and now, I'm probably giving the Sixers the number five spot, even though they are number one in the East, obviously. Um, They are five and five in their last um, ten games. Just – and I know Embiid's missed some games. Uh, They have their um, COVID protocols that they've taken. And um, I think they'll obviously end higher. But for right now, the other four teams I've put above them – They're obviously an amazing team. Embiid obviously my MVP pick right now, Um, but I have four. I just think the East is so tough
1: because I don't. I really don't believe that there's right now. There's not one team that's head and shoulders above everybody else, and you know that's kind of crazy to think about when you look at what the Nets have talent-wise. But the Nets defense is horrible. I mean, it's horrible, and so yeah. um, And my number four, I got the Celtics. Um, I think they've been pretty inconsistent to start the year, but they, when they've played well, they've played really, really well. And all of this for me, these teams are really bunched together for me. There's like, it's like thin separation. So you could really rank these any way you wanted to. And I I don't, I wouldn't be too upset, but I got the Celtics right now. Uh, They got Tatum back from the virus. They got Kemba back. And so, I I could easily see them going up this list, but I got the Celtics at four right now.
0: My four is the Pacers. You already talked about them. Um, Yeah. A player you didn't mention, Malcolm Brogdon, is is playing out of his mind right now. Um, After the first um, MVP thing on ESPN, like them saying who they think is MVP, he was number two on that list behind Embiid, I think. And – I, I could agree at that time because he is just – when you watch them play, he's coming out there. He's playing amazing defense. He's running their offense. He is the heart and soul of that team right now, especially as Victor Oladipo is gone now, and he can just run that, like, guard position on his own and just do his thing. Um, also, like you said, Sabonis and Turner are finally finding out how to play with each other, and it's mainly because of the fact that Miles Turner – is um, doing what he needs to do. He's more of those, like, I'll do what it takes to win players now. Because um, um, the other night, whenever Sabonis went down with his knee bruised, Miles um, Turner didn't even take a three that game, and he still came out with, like, 20 points because he scored mostly in the post. And that's just um, him doing whatever it takes to win at that point, if you ask me, or whatever his coach asks him. He's also, like, one of my top candidates for defensive player of the year right now, because he's just protecting the rim at a very, very high level. Um, he's not a bad perimeter defense. Also defender as well. Um, I think he's a very underrated NBA player when it comes to those guys that every team would want. Like we seen that the Celtics were trying to get him for Gordon Hayward and like a trade and sign type of deal. But, um, that would have been a scary I sight, to believe, he, he went to the Celtics. Sorry, but he, he, he's just, I he's think just, that just he's doing what it takes to win. You go ahead. I he's player on
1: both sides of the court because, like, he's led the NBA in blocks before, and he's averaging, like, four and a half blocks a game, which is insane. But Malcolm Brogdon, I mean, Malcolm's – listen to these shooting splits. 45 and a half field goal percentage. He's shooting 40.3% from three and 90% from the free throw line. And he's averaging twenty-three and seven. He's been awesome, and honestly, you can move the Pacers up higher, but I think for me, a lot these teams in the East were really close for me. Um, so my number three, I've got Milwaukee. I think that they're like we talked about earlier. They're finally starting to get it together a little bit. Um, I still don't know if they're. I I just don't believe in them in the playoffs. I really don't. In the last few years, I've proven that. And I mean, Miami really exposed them last year, in my opinion. Um, just the way that they played Giannis. Um, when the game slows down in the playoffs, and you see the same t- same team every night, I think the Bucks are not that difficult to plan for, especially with Coach Bud. You know, not really being able to adjust in games. Um, I just I don't believe in them in the playoffs. But this is a. This is a regular season power ranking, and, you know, they're always going to be up there. So I, my three is the Bucs.
0: Uh, my three is the Bucks as well. Um, they're putting it together. One of the better defensive teams in the league. that They have Drew Holiday. They have the reigning defensive player of the year, Giannis. Um, he's obviously – I don't think he's in the no. MVP running this year. Mainly do just the MVP fatigue. Um, if if uh, the NBA just wanted players to win MVP, MVP, MVP in a row, LeBron would win a lot more than four MVPs right now. In my opinion, he would have definitely been a five time in a row MVP instead of Derrick Rose when he get that one year in between. Um, but uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, they're yeah, that like like Nathan said, you have to um, prove something <laughs> in the playoffs because. Although they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals that one year, they went up 2-0 on the Raptors. They looked good. They looked like they were definitely going to advance over them, but you just fall apart. You build a wall for Giannis, and what else can he do? He's not a good shooter yet. He, You have to show that you can shoot that three consistently. you got to get up there in, like, the high 35%, 36 37% for three-point, um, hitting consistently. You can't be a great player in this league if you can't play all around the court. How do you expect uh, – to? uh compete with kevin durant at that point because kevin durant can shoot it as soon as he steps in half court and he's a great defender um Giannis right he just needs a full head of steam to the basket like oh
1: he's been and bad he's a poor free throw season.
0: shooter like yeah he's been bad like he was bad last year I, in the playoffs i remember seeing him air ball a free throw like and I'm pretty sure they lost that game too. I can't remember exactly which game, but you can't, you can't do that. You're, you're um, considered a top player in the league. Um, you have to get better at shooting. Um, I'm, you, you're the oh, yeah. heart and soul of that team. So, I mean, we, we, we got to see more out of him, which is hard to say. He just won MVP and defensive player of the year. Like, it's asking for more out of the man it seems like a hard deal, but at the same time, like we got to see something yeah. in the playoffs. to well, look at be M- Milwaukee, Milwaukee as a
1: team and Giannis, in my opinion, both become significantly worse in the postseason. And I think a big reason for that is the game slows down in the playoffs, like we mentioned. Giannis honestly, honestly becomes more of a big. Like, he is a big – but especially in the playoffs when teams wall up and stuff, his inability to create his own shot from the perimeter, his inability to really ball handle like like a KD, I just think that both of those things really inhibit him and his team. They prevent them, his team from being successful. And so I just think, that, like you said, I've just got to see more for me to be sold on him as – a top three player in the NBA because right now I don't think he's a top three player in the NBA. He's probably top five, but I think that there is a considerable difference between him and KD. Um, so at my number two, I yeah. got Brooklyn solely just because of their talent. Um, their defense is terrible and that is a big, big, big question mark for me. um, And honestly, I considered them putting a couple spots lower on this list. But there haven't been very many teams in the East this year that I've just been like, oh, man, like that's the team. You know, every team has really had points in the season so far where they've struggled. Um, But that's my number two right now. I don't really think there's much more to be said. I think that they need to figure out an option for their center. Um, And it looks like they might get JaVale McGee, which we saw what JaVale McGee can do for a team loaded with offensive talent. He can rim run. He, he he hustles. He's doing that this year on the Cavs, and he can finish at the rim. Um, so I think that would be a good get for them, but that's my number two.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Celtics as my number two. Um, the They played amazing without Jason Tatum on the court. Yeah, they with did. With a record of like seven and two without him. And, um, Kemba Walker also came back, but he's not looking like Kemba Walker's yet. And, um, I think they're a very underrated team when it comes to their depth because of a guy like Tristan Thompson, who got signed there. Um, he, he brings that big man role that they've been desperately needing because Daniel Tice is cool and all, but he's not more of like a center center. Daniel Tice is more of like a stretch out power forward, in my opinion. Um, that's why, as of recently, they've been starting Tristan and bringing Tice off the bench. Marcus Smart is that player every team needs, um, that gritty de- defender. He can knock down his shots. He does what it takes to win. He's not a selfish player. He, he'll pass it up when he needs to. Um, Kemba just has to get in his role, just come back. Um, Jalen Brown is one of the more underrated players this year. He, he might be my pick for most improved, if you ask me. He's the been awesome. averaging 27 points right now. And he, he's been amazing, both sides of the floor as well. As um, Even when Tatum came back, he, he still played great beside him. And um, obviously, Jason Tatum, we all know what he's about. He, he is a superstar talent. Out of the four years he's been in the league, he's literally made it to the Eastern Conference Finals twice. Um and that just doesn't come by luck. He was the best player on his team both times because Kyrie wasn't there the first time um off of injury and he carried them there the second time. He is just an amazing player. Um definitely top of that draft. And um I I, I think he has one of the higher oh, ceilings in the me league. Too.
1: I think that he's a pretty underrated defender when you look at it. Um yeah. I mean he's better on that side of the court than he gets credit for, I think. And him and Brown, they're both so long and I think I think Tice is a good player, but they already have enough offense. And so that's kinda of why like I just don't and then Marcus Smart is the is the guard version of Draymond Green. Um so I like the Celtics a lot. Yes. And I they will probably rise on my rankings. So we're at number one for the East, then we'll move to the West. I've got Philly at number one. I just think right now, overall, they're the best team in the East. Um I know that they've had a few struggling spots, but like I said, I think that every team in the East has had some struggles this year. Um and a lot of Embiid is becoming more of a leader on offense and defense. He's just becoming more complete. And you look at Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris is Shooting 52% from the field, 46% from three this year. He's been really good, and that's been key for them. I love the addition of Seth Curry because they needed more shooting kind of like New Orleans does. And so I just – I really like their team right now. I don't think they're going to come out of the East, but just based off what I've seen right now, I think that they're the best team in the East.
0: Um, side note for the Sixers, I don't know how I just completely forgot this. Like, this is one of the things I wanted to mainly talk about today. Um, what is, what is your ceiling on Ben Simmons in your eyes? Like what, if what he do he think? develop a jump shot, is?
1: I don't know if he can be a number one on a championship team.
0: Yeah. I don't think he'll ever be a number one just because of how the way he plays. But like, here's my thing, right? You're he's obviously number two. And with the last couple games where Embiid – or the two games Embiid sat, it's pretty obvious that he's the number two guy. So he should step up like the number two guy, right? Like the game against the Pistons, he only had like
1: 11 points. uh, There's that one playoff game against the Celtics where he had like one point. Yeah, he had one point.
0: I just don't know if we'll ever see Ben Simmons get any better than what he is now. Like he might already be where he's gonna be, just like that 15, eight and eight guy, which right. is obviously a great thing to have um, as your starting point guard. But at the same time, like, what is that like? If if Embiid is hurt for a game, what are you? What can you do? Like, like what? I don't understand what what can you do? Like you're not bringing anything to the table. Yeah, we appreciate you for trying to shoot more threes, but like you're just not even knocking half of them down, like you're not knocking any of them down at the time. And it's just well, like I, I've, Ben Simmons is one of the more confusing players to me. I don't think I he's don't either. playing at all star level, like, I don't think he should be an all star, all defensive team for sure. Maybe even talks for defensive player of the year, he's been a great defender this year. Um, but it's just he, he, he's just not stepping well, up to where he should be stepping up. Like, if you, if a lot of people have always compared him to a, like, a LeBron type player, like that big forward that can play guard and just facilitate, you can't do that without developing a jump shot. Like, the same thing with Giannis. You, like, you have to have, like, a higher. If you want to be one of the, like, better players in the league, you got to have a lot more. Uh, variety and to like, the game than what you got now.
1: I think that when we look at guys like Ben Simmons that are all-star players and we you know speculate if they're going to make that next jump to like superstar number 1 on a championship team, you can't have any gaping holes in your game. And I think Ben Simmons not being able to create his own shot is such a gaping hole and his just inability to take over a game by scoring the ball and his lack of aggressiveness trying to score I just I don't I don't know. I think obviously Bradley Beal would be a great fit on any team. Well, not necessarily, but you get what I'm saying. But I think they need, Philly needs a guy like that that can be a secondary scorer. Because Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is their, it would be a, well, it would be a primary scorer. You know what I mean? Like a, it would, it would be like a 1A, 1B yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. But Ben Simmons is a second, is a good second option, but I don't think he's a champ. I don't even know if he's a championship second option, just because of his lack of scoring. And like you said, like what happens in the playoffs if him beats out for a game? Like I don't know. I, I'm just
0: shout out to Tobias yes, Harris. Yes, he's been man. so much more. He's taking a this big year. step. Seeing him, seeing I him win Player of the Week that first week. Um, I I'm high on Tobias Harris. Um. Did he get overpaid? Yes, he did. Oh, yeah. um, we can't say he didn't, um, but he, he, yeah. he, he's he he's been pretty good this year. And um, I like his second chance with Doc Rivers because <laughs> Doc Rivers traded him away to Philly when he was with L.A., which ended up being successful because they still made the playoffs and took the Warriors to six games with Kevin Durant, averaging 50 almost that, that series. But, um, yeah, I, I really like – I like Tobias, and um, he really needs to step his game up in the playoffs for them to be, like, a really good contending team. And with my number one, I have um, Brooklyn, obviously. Um, Their defense needs some help tremendously. Um, Their offense is just so good. Like, when you watch them play, like, it's just – it's beautiful watching such brilliant mind NBA players play together. Like it's one of the funnest things to watch is just people that know how to play the game at the pace they play. Like James Harden is turning into one of my favorite players because he comes from averaging thirty-six last season to like a cool twenty on the net so far. But he's also averaging like,
1: and, like 12, eight, 13 you know.
0: assists a game <laughs> as a net. And like I was saying, like I was saying with Luca, um, doing those winning things. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Is James Harden coming to this team, doing what it takes to win? And James Harden's also been an incredible perimeter def- defender this year, as well. Um, I think he's like top five in steals or something so far. And I'll just the Nets are just a scary, scary sight because. People thinking those two losses to the Cavs, like, are scary. The Cavs aren't a bad team. Like, I predicted the Cavs to win the first game, Um, not the second, until I seen that Kevin Durant wasn't playing. But they're not a bad team. It's just when you look at Brooklyn, you think, wow, they're they're a lot better of a team. But until they figure out what to do with their uh, big man rotation, because – what is, is the backup center's name right now? Uh No, it's been the rookie that's oh, been playing yeah, for them. Yeah, I know
1: who you're talking about.
0: Um I think so. Is it Poirier like, or something like that? You look at He he he's a cool. He he he's been pretty decent for them. But like as a Reggie Perry, team, that's right. Uh Reggie Perry is his name. Reggie Perry. I don't know where I got whatever name I said. But um, Reggie Perry, he, he's cool. But as a contending team, DeAndre Jordan is just not who he used to be. I think them trading for JaVale would help them a lot because JaVale knows what it takes to win. He's like a three-time champion. Um, Even though he's he didn't even play in the finals last year, he still so knows what it like, takes to win. You
1: could do like a, what the Lakers did with – Howard and JaVale, if you've got JaVale on the Nets, because DeAndre Jordan, they're asking him to play 30 or 35 minutes a game because they don't have a solution to the center position, and he's fizzling out, like, at the end of games. And so that's why you, what we talked about earlier, like, Katie's having to play some five because De, DeAndre Jordan's just past that point now. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just couldn't put the Nets at number one because of their defense, but I understand why you would. So let's move on to the West. So my honorable mention is the Suns. Um, They've been exciting. They've been in a lot of close games. They've lost a good amount of close games. But um, I think that they could be very scary in the playoffs. We saw what Chris Paul did with the Thunder last year. Um, I don't really know if there's much more to be said about that. At my number five, I got Golden State. I really like this team. I think this team could be very sneaky and could win a first-round series. And maybe even push a team in the second round. And just because you can really see their championship DNA coming into play. You know, Steph and Draymond mentoring these young guys and these new guys like Wiggins and Oubre and Wiseman. They're just getting better every single game. And I, I really like this team. I really do. I'm yeah, the Houston
0: Rockets. Um... They they're on a three game win streak. Um, just got John Wall back from a little bit of an injury. Um, he he um him with that Rockets team is a very well fit. You have Victor Oladipo now, a very solid NBA player. Who knows if he's still on that All Star level he was uh, before his injury? Um, but he's he's been decent for them. Um, Demarcus Cousins in his last couple games is becoming the Demarcus Cousins that we all. Uh, loved back in the day, those New Orleans Pelicans, the Sacramento Kings days. He's starting to show signs of those days, and uh, people don't realize that they're winning three games in a row without Christian Wood even on their roster right now. Um, he's out right now, and that's just a scary sight in my opinion. Whenever he comes back, because he's a like a twenty-three and fourteen average right now, or something.
1: Christian Woods or has been he's high on in his rebounds. Mind.
0: Yeah, that man is um. In my, I think he's uh, top three most improved player. Um. He, I, they're, they're definitely my honorable mention because that team is just, they're, they're um, I think they'll definitely sneak into like a eight seed or something maybe, um. But.
1: Yeah. Um, who do you got at number five? Yeah. So where five, agree, I got Golden State. We're in agreement there.
0: Um number five, I got Golden State. Yeah, they're just like I said about Seth Curry being fifth for me in MVP, he's just he's just coming in, doing his thing. To, he's shooting pretty well this year as well. And um like I said about Ubre, um he's not shooting very well. Um, Wiggins has surprisingly turned into like a I know. really good defender this year, which is a big help. He he's he's been a very good defender. He's not scoring the ball as he's used to in his career, but he is defending very very well on the other side.
1: Like he he's well, he's incredible like for them Wiggins, so far. I remember when he got drafted, like him being an athletic defensive wing was like part of his scouting report. So he obviously was not that in Minnesota, but I mean, he's just a good example of he needs to be in the right system and golden state. I mean, they're just, they, they're the perfect system. And you look at Steph Curry and the thing that's been really, really impressive to me is like, you know, everybody knows he's going to get his numbers, but like he's doing so, so efficiently without clay with teams, double teaming him and things like that. So I'm I I really like the Warriors. Um, Yeah. Go ahead with your number four. And then. With my number four, I have.
0: (laughs) Spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) Yeah, the Denver Nuggets, like I said, Jokic is my number two for MVP. Um, Jamal Murray isn't as great as I thought he would be. He's a little disappointing compared to what he's playing in the bubble. Him and Donovan Mitchell going head to head, 50 point games back like at each other's heads in that first round. Um him being a main reason they got to the Western Conference Finals. Um I think he'll step his game up a little bit. He usually starts the season off a little slow and gets a little hotter toward the end. But um as of right now, they're number four. Um I think they can be higher if they just win yeah, a couple more of these close not games, games they've got. Um, I know they've come around a lot. Yeah, they they they've come out a lot. Um, Victor, they've gotten a lot of victories off these close games, but um, yeah, that's uh, Gary Harris is just like I don't know how to define Gary Harris because like a couple years ago he was averaging like fifteen, shooting great from threes. I feel like he can't hit a shot now. <laughs> But yeah, his, his defensive presence is amazing. I think um, Michael Porter will eventually hit that starting lineup again. Will Barton will go back as a six-man. Even though Will Barton said he's a starter, I think uh, Mike Malone doesn't care what right. he has to say. I think Mike Malone will do what's best for the team. In my opinion, I think starting Michael Porter's best because you already have good defenders on the court with uh, Paul Millsap and yeah, uh, I, Gary I Harris. And I, I don't
1: know. I don't know how to feel about him. Um, cause like coming into last year, last year's playoffs, I thought, Oh, they're just a really good regular season team. And they'll kind of like won't play up to par in the playoffs. Like kind of like, no, cause it's not like Milwaukee. Cause Milwaukee people expected them to go deep. Whereas like Denver is like, nobody really expects them to go deep, but they're really good in the regular season. I also think them, I also think like, the year that they lost to Portland in the semifinals, I think that was a byproduct of, like, the West being the West. But um I don't know. I don't know how to feel about the Nuggets, and I would honestly consider using Michael Porter Jr. as a trade piece to try to go get a guy to make a big three. Um, Because MPJ yeah. is – they're all young, but, like, if Denver got, like, a Bradley Beal, I think that would elevate them to Lakers – and Clippers level, in my opinion. But I don't know. They're interesting. I think Michael Porter should start. I think Will Barton's a great sixth man. Um, Gary Harris is really interesting because he was averaging like 18 a game a couple years ago. Um, And then Jamal Murray, I was kind of afraid of not being a one-hit wonder, but his play going back to like pretty good. But like in the bubble, he was playing like an all-star. And that... For this team to do anything in the playoffs again, he's got to play like an all-star, especially because, honestly, the West is probably tougher this year. Um, so, at my number three, I almost put them at number two just because they're on a nine-game win streak. I got the Utah Jazz. They've just been remarkable. Um, Donovan Mitchell's playing really well. Um, I hope that they do something in the playoffs so he can prove Shaq wrong. Did I – when I saw Shaq said that I was like, oh man. Um
0: Yeah. Um I have the Clippers at number three. Um like I said, I think they still need to I make a too. trade for their guard rotation. Um even though Paul George's been facilitating very well this year, Kawhi's even starting to pass the ball around more than usual. And um Kawhi is gone back to, like, that defensive player of the year mentality. Like, he's always been a good defender, but, like, I feel like he can actually win it this year if he really wanted to. Like, he's locking up, like, teams. Like, it, like when you see them play teams, like, they're usually low-scoring games because that man, Kawhi, is out there just locking up their best player. Um, Paul George, he is. he's a top-10 he MVP in my eyes right now. Um He's shooting very efficiently, which isn't something we usually see from Paul George. Um, playing very efficiently as a defender as well. Um, like I said, their their guard rotation is just kind of questionable with the will not even terrible averaging him off the bench right now. Like it's it's like he doesn't even want to play at this point. Like the man might as well just go ahead and retire or the Clippers might as well just trade him for something I mean, of use before he retires because He's just trading for J.J. Reddick, honestly. <laughs> Might as well flip him for J.J. Reddick or something because bringing J.J. Reddick as a backup, well, shooting guard. I mean, so Lou Will even be looked disinterested interested in the bubble. Lou Will didn't want to be in the bubble.
1: He already he said he would not be there. To this year. But I'm really high on Utah. Mike Conley. Playing the way that he's playing, I think puts them on a different level from last year. Man. Yeah, bogey. You know, he hasn't too. been playing great, but I, I still th- I think he'll find his groove. I mean, he was out the whole bubble. Um, still don't like the Rudy Gobert contract, but you know, you know what you're going to get from Rudy Gobert.
0: I, I don't mind. Yeah, either. like I just don't see who they would have gotten better than Rudy Gobert on a max contract. Um, considering they also have Donovan Mitchell on a max contract, so it's not like um, they use that money right. instead of using it for something better. They got their two, um, their Batman Robin duo. They got that locked. up I would, have, I would up love for to see Rudy to
1: Gobert um, get like a develop a little bit of like a post game. You know, like a I, you can throw it to him on the block and he can get like you know what I mean. I'd like to see that really come into play for him. But yeah, I almost put him at number two. So it sounds like you you have the Jazz at number two and I got the Clippers at number two. Um yeah the Jazz
0: have like in their in their win streak, they're yeah. the best offense and de- defensive team in the league. Like they're I would put the number one if it wasn't Mr. LeBron James they were going against as a number one. But um
1: they're definitely just—they are. They've been really, really, doing really good thing um, right now. And the reason I have the Clippers at number two is because, like you said, Paul George is playing really well. He's playing more efficiently. He's becoming a better playmaker this year. Kawhi's back to that real defensive intensity. That honestly, you could you could see that Kawhi's killer instinct on both ends of the floor was lacking at times in the bubble. Um, and I still think yeah. they need to fix their guard rotation. But I thought that they, they lost a good amount last off offseason. Um, but they also did get Luke Kennard, who, who's been disappointing. And despite Luke Kennard and Lou Williams not playing well, they're still winning games. And that, I've been pretty impressed by them. So that's why that, I got them like just a hair above Utah. And that may not last for too much longer. And then to wrap it up, I think it's pretty obvious that we both got a one. Um, I think the Lakers are the best team in the NBA right now. I think the Lakers are going to win the championship again. Um, they're deeper and better than last year. LeBron is LeBron, and them having guys like Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell have allowed him to not have to play like Don, like just Superman the whole game. And he's averaging the least amount of minutes per game in his career. Um, so I, I love the Lakers i think they're the best team in the NBA um i don't really know if there's any more to say
0: yeah the Lakers are just obviously the more experienced they have they have everything they need you got the defense you got the offense you got the playmaking you got the you got everything you need from that team and um LeBron being the anchor of that team is just obviously going to put you over the top and uh, I'm not gonna call them the championship contenders yet because I gotta see what Brooklyn starts doing because um, Brooklyn, in my eyes, is like that Miami Big Three. Like they didn't do good when they first got together. Like they like had a very rough start, and um, their defense was even questionable because they just have a bunch of they had a bunch of role players around them. But um, I feel like if they make the trades or something they need to do, they could be a championship contender. But um, between the two teams. Um I think I take maybe Lakers right now but definitely Lakers are number yeah, 1 in the final know, Western Conference. Argument.
1: Um so that's all we've got for this week. Um Tuesdays or Wednesdays is going to be become the weekly schedule for the podcast. Um we're going to work on making social media pages and things of that nature. Um I'll leave our personal social medias, Twitter's and Twitter and stuff like that in the description. Um, because interacting with people on NBA Twitter is always exciting. I love NBA Twitter. I know you do too. Um, But that's all we've got for this week. So I appreciate everybody who's listening, and we'll see you guys next week.